0: All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. Next Eskimos broadcast will be on Thursday. The Alouettes are in town. 5.30 for the pregame show. 7 o'clock kickoff here on 6.30. The Alouettes today uh, had to uh, move their practice. They were forced out of their practice stadium because of a gas leak. They were halfway through the workout when a thick odor of natural gas wafted onto the field. Players and coaches were transported to Olympic Stadium where uh, they resumed practicing. Reed Wilkins with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. The Eskimo show with Morley Scott is from 8 to 9, so he'll have a whole bunch more on the 2 and 4 green and gold. It, it was a it was a fun weekend. Uh, certainly, swimmer Penny Alexiak a big story. We mentioned the rugby team got a medal today. Women's basketball. We'll talk about massive comeback victory against Serbia today. And uh, one of the ones that uh, had had a lot of people watching volleyball, may, maybe unexpectedly yesterday afternoon because I, you could kind of see on Twitter the game was getting a lot of momentum. Canada. Uh, stunning the United States in men's volleyball, 25-23, 25-17, and 25-23. And Brock Daviduck is an assistant coach with the U of A Golden Bears and a former member of Canada's national team. Brock, you're on with Reed Wilkins. Thanks for your time, man. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Reed Doing very well. Thanks for tuning in. L- now, let me let me throw this out at you first here before we get into some of the details of your career and, and, and your thoughts on on the tournament as a whole. I mean, look, I I use the word. I think I said stunning victory over the United States. Uh, am I am I downplaying that? Am I or am I, am I overstating that? Am I, am I being a media guy exaggerating what happened yesterday, or was that indeed a stunning victory for Canada?
1: Well, I think in the like the global volleyball community, that uh, stunned is the right word. But I would say the guys that are the least stunned are the guys that won the game. Like uh, those guys that go out there, um, the Team Canada guys. I think they go out there with the belief and the confidence that they can beat any team that's on the floor. And you you need to do that as a, a volleyball player. And I think you saw that confidence um, in the guys yesterday during the match. But I would say, like, oh, yeah, on the global st- on the global stage, it's definitely considered. Um, and like you said through media, it's definitely considered an upset. And it's it's. It's history in the making in the volleyball world, especially in Volleyball Canada for us.
0: Well, I, I'm glad you brought that up, because as I was watching that game, and uh, and look, I never played volleyball at a high level, but I'm actually a pretty big fan of the sport. You know, as a U of A student and as an adult, I, I still right. go to Bears and Pandas games whenever I can. I love the rare occasion I can to watch it on TV. And I was watching that game, and I thought to myself the Canadians seemed more composed and, and the States had their rallies where you wonder, Oh, here we go. We're going to get trampled again. Canada always got it back together and they certainly served better than the United States, Brock, which I always kind of look at as, at a sign of which team is feeling it and which team maybe is, is a little more comfortable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think Canada really puts them in a lot of trouble in the second set with their serves. The U S was really struggling. And, uh, one of the key strengths of Canada on the world stage is the blocking. And, um, the, the Canadians definitely outblocked the Americans, but part of that is the way they, they served them. They really put uh, the setter, Micah Christensen from the States, in trouble, who is a world-class setter, but he wasn't able to do much. Um, and part of that was because of how well Canada was serving. And they put the Americans in a lot of trouble with that serve pass game and with how well they blocked.
0: Brock, give me a sense of. Um... I was gonna say caliber, but that's the wrong word because obviously all these guys are, are outstanding volleyball players. But where are these teams uh, stocked from? Like, are these CIS guys on Team Canada? Are they pros in Europe? And conversely, who 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 are the guys making up the American team?
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting question because uh, the Americans are a little younger than they have been in the past. Uh, there's still some really good players. Like I said, the setter he's playing in the highest. Uh, leagues in the in the world professionally, um, but there are a couple, a, a number of members on the American starting line that are weren't that that are pretty new out of the NCAA, whereas uh, the Canadians they're, they're they've been gone from university for a while and they're overseas. Like there's a good example is Nick Hogue, who I think is about 23, and then uh, Russell, the left side for the Americans, I think is also 23. Now, Russell uh, is fresh out of NCAA not too long ago, whereas Nick Hogue's been playing pro for a while and actually has won two uh, French championships over in Paris and Tours. So he's got a lot of experience, and there is a bit of that that factors into it, I think, like looking at the lineups and some of the experiences that the Canadians have had. Now, that being said, there's the Americans that have had probably a lot of experience at a higher level level playing in professional leagues and playing in Champions League finals and uh, Champions League playoff matches.
0: Brock, tell me a little bit about, and I kind of want to frame this as to why Canada has been absent from the Olympics. For so long, it was 1992. The men were last in it because, yeah. look, I, I know your Golden Bears team that you now coach and, and you played on has been really good for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And often, when the Golden Bears would play NCAA opponents, I, I mean, Terry used to stage the tournament where USC would come up, Pepperdine would come up. The CIS yeah, like that, teams huh? would also win the would often win the majority of those matches. And it, it seems to me that NCAA volleyball isn't like as developed, not a developed, but it's not like the big thing that the NCAA basketball tournament might be. So if, the, if a lot of Canadian university teams can beat the NCAA teams, how come it hasn't translated to, to the national team level until yesterday?
1: You know, it's a really good question. I don't totally have the answer for it. We, we often ask ourselves that as well, and a lot of it comes down to uh, what, they're, what they're doing with their summer uh, national team programs, um, what the competition is like in the ncaa because you're right like we are our, our teams will go down there or their teams will come up here and the best teams in Canada are very competitive with the ncaa but i would like to see what the 10th team in, in the ncaa is like versus the 10th team in cis okay maybe that's where we're missing out our maybe we don't have the same breadth of competition in our league which is a, a definitely an issue in terms of developing our the top athletes in our country and i think nick hogue is a good example of a guy that went. he didn't play in the university league here. He went overseas and he really accelerated his development compared to maybe other guys that that stayed in Canada.
0: Well, and that's a whole other can of worms. I don't know if we're going to go there today, but about player development and what Americans do and have done in the off season, and and that we often and that we often haven't done in Canada, except in hockey, right? Until right. I think now, other sports are getting more developed and catching up, thankfully, more on the women's side. Let's be honest, but that was a big moment for Canadian men's volleyball. Brock Daviduck is an assistant coach with the U of A Golden Bears. He played for the team, and and tell me about your career on the uh, on the on the Canadian national team, because certainly, uh, you know you. Know exactly what the guys are, are going through uh, right now?
1: Yeah, well, I started uh, kind of through the development programs myself from the youth, to junior, to the v teams, then to the senior team. And I was around when uh, there was the coach change, and Glenn Hogue took over uh, and they brought the full time training center back. Uh, played professionally overseas uh, in France and Germany. Um, yeah, and then I retired in 2012 with a couple um, other, other guys that retired at the same time. Um, but it's interesting seeing the guys that are there now because they're starting to be uh, almost a changing of the guard. Like There's some really good young players that are now mainstays on the starting line, on the 12-man roster, and uh, guys from my generation are starting to become like the old veterans and close to retirement. So it's, um, it's, a, it's an exciting time to see from when I was involved to now these fresh new faces that were like on development teams when I was coming out. Uh, and I think it means really good things for our, for our national team.
0: Brock, are you, are you at Edmontonian originally? Yes, I am. Okay, so which, where'd you go to high school? Uh, Harry Here Okay, should have known, eh? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that it's the only big sports high school, but obviously, I mean, Jordan Baker went there, and, and he's doing great in basketball. So, he's a really good volleyball player. He yeah, was, absolutely. that's right. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I think he probably could have played CIS volleyball as well, but uh, yeah, yep. he chose to go the basketball road. So... Uh, so here's the thing: Canada gets this great win, and, and uh, I, I don't know. If I should mention the rankings. It's not like Canada is ranked 400th; they were ranked 10th, and the USA is ranked five. So yep. you know, it's it's an upset, but it's not it, it, it's not like impossible. Where do you right. think um, they can go now in their pool? Brazil is number one, and they got to play them tomorrow, and they're the host team. They got number four, Italy and then number 11, France, and number 26, Mexico. A couple wins probably gets you into the quarters, but it's a harder matchup. Uh, I mean, first of all, the look ahead to Brazil. It, can this be another upset here, or is this a really large gap?
1: It's a, a large gap, but, uh, like, you know, anything can happen. I think uh, Canada's in, in their wheelhouse. They, this generation of the national team is an underdog team. Uh, actually, probably most of our Canadian volleyball and national team history is as an underdog, so... There's no match that they would be um, underestimated in like this one coming up, Brazil, home court in the, in the big stadium. It's going to be a huge match. The, the odds are against Canada, but that's how our national team plays with odds against them. Like, the odds were against them last night, and they really, really took advantage of that against the Americans. Um, it's funny how those rankings work because France, uh, I don't think a lot of people would rank France behind Canada. France is a very strong team. They're one of, they're one of my favorite teams to watch after Canada. Uh, so I think getting out of the pool after beating U.S. is definitely feasible. Um, Mexico is a match that Canada should be able uh, to take, um, and then if they can take one more, I think if they get into the playoffs, then that's where you want to be as, a, as an an underdog identity. Just put them in the playoffs and then see what they can do.
0: Talk to me a little bit, Brock. And, and I mean, look, you and I both know that 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 volleyball is not a huge spectator sport. Mm-hmm. Um tell me a little bit about the emotional swings of the game because I really enjoyed the big hits and the guys you know the then the Olympics are great with the slow motion and the mouths open and the screams and the high fiving and then 20 seconds later it's the other team doing that what's that like to be involved in that when there are such you know it's just so back and forth
1: Well I think there's a lot of composure Needed and a lot of discipline because guys uh, put a lot of, I mean, they put their lives into it. So there's a lot of passion that comes out, a lot of emotion that comes out when you when you're successful, especially on a on a steal. So if you're serving and you get a point, like that's that's a huge win uh, or a huge win in in volleyball at least. And those guys really show up, but right away, like they have to calm right back down and have that arousal control. And I think a lot of these guys work on that off the court and just through experience, they're able to you know, get excited and then change gears. And there's some guys on that team that you'll see more of it from, like uh, Gavin Schmidt, who's a a big emotional spark plug on that team, where you have uh, TJ, the setter, who's a little more composed. And that's that's generally the the role you want a setter to play, because that's the guy they're looking to in all the moments, and you need a little more steadiness. And I think uh, you have a mix of those role players on that team. Now, there's different identities when you go from country to country. Brazil... Uh, Tomorrow, you're going to see their setter, who's just a fireball, and he's one of the best setters in the world. But that's how Brazil plays. They're very emotional, very extroverted, and that's from what I would gather, kind of a cultural thing from from the nation as a whole as well.
0: And I should mention this: that match tomorrow starts at 10:35 in in Brazil, so it's on prime time here in Edmonton at 7:35. I want people to have it on mute and listen to inside sports but but, uh, but yeah that'll be a fun one to be able to watch live before i let you go brock uh i mean is it are the players pretty familiar with each other i mean would the canadian guys have played against most of the americans before either in international competitions or club competitions or would you even have you know like your club teammates would be on brazil the united states canada and you kind of are really familiar with all the guys or how does that work
1: yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, they've played against each other, but a lot of them have played, have history playing with each other. Um, I think the global volleyball community is pretty close-knit. And Glenn Hogue, the coach, he knows pretty much every player inside and out. He's coached a lot of them. Um, and there, there is, I would say, an intimate knowledge. Like, you're not, you're not playing against strangers. And some of these guys also have watched these guys growing up. Like, the younger players on Team Canada have watched, say, Bruno Resende, who is the setter for Brazil. Growing up, so they know him really well, and I would say it's uh yeah, there's a lot of shared knowledge going going through the net there for sure.
0: Well, it's been a good couple of days for for Canadian teams. Certainly with the rugby, uh, soccer's doing well. Basketball was uh, electric today, and that, and that volleyball match was incredible. So it's it's yeah. going to be fun to see how they stand in there against Brazil tomorrow. Brock, thanks yep. for your insight and thanks for sharing some of your memories of being on the national team as well. Really enjoyed your perspective, man, and uh, all the best in the season coming up with the Golden Bears. Oh, thanks a lot for having me. Really enjoyed it. Excellent stuff. That is Brock Daviduk checking in tonight. Former U of A Golden Bear, now an assistant coach with the team. And as you heard him say, uh, until 2012, a member of the Canadian National Volleyball Team. So he was really proud yesterday as they got that straight sets victory over the United States. All right. Yeah. Brazil tomorrow. We'll be giving you, if you can't uh, watch it or you don't want to do uh, my idea of uh, muting insights or muting the TV and listening to inside sports so, or you're driving around, we'll keep you updated on that one. That is going to be fun. Can also update you on what is going on over at the Edmonton ballpark, the Edmonton prospects facing elimination underway against medicine hat. It is the bottom of the first. There is no score. It is inside sports on six 30 chat at 7:21. We are coming right back. <laughs>
2: Your home for breaking
1: news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630
0: Chad, Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. This texter says, uh, I wouldn't play for Jason Moss or his assistant coach either. Their surly attitude turns me off. Just saying. All right. Is Jason Moss surly? I Think he's intense. I don't know if he's surly. Wasn't Surly one of the, uh, or is one of the the Duff Beer mascots on The Simpsons? I, I think that I think Surly is one of the Duff Beer mascots from The Simpsons. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Chad. Great to have Brock Daviduk on the show. And yeah, the Canadian volleyball team. Awesome stuff yesterday against the United States. He mentioned they did a great job blocking. They certainly did a better job serving. Than the U.S. I think there was an American guy. He missed like his six of his first seven serves or something like that. Uh, Brazil tomorrow. Canada number ten in the world. Brazil number one. Bernard soon working as our uh, studio producer on the other side of the window. Bernard, how you been, old boy? I'm good. How are you? Doing very well. Now I know you are not at all a sports fan, but have you been partaking in any Olympic uh, coverage? I am actually watching it right now. What do you have on? I'm watching 200 meters swimming. All right. Yeah. Looks like uh, China won a medal, unless Chinese fans just decided to wave their flags when another country won. I think China won right now. He did. It's it's a gold medal win. Oh, he went to throw his uh, cap into the crowd, and he botched the release, and it went behind him into the pool. Oh yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a little bit of Olympic comedy? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, he'll never live that down. Yeah, sure he won a medal, but he looked like a klutz with his swimming cap. I will never forget that, ever, ever. All right. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about the Canadian women's basketball team. Wow, what a gutsy win today over Serbia. 71-67, Kia Nurse 25 points. Canada trailed by 18 in the third. They trailed by 12, going to the fourth. Uh, this texture says, uh, where the heck are Andrew Gross and Jaylen Nye? They should not be allowed to take holidays. I don't know. They're not here. And yes, they should be allowed to take holidays. You're not even texting their time slot. Okay, I I hate to be a little mean-spirited here, but any listener who thinks Reed Wilkins is going to have the answers about how the station is run, like, you need to give your head a shake. Like, put the bottle of vodka down, have a nap, Sober up, then text me tomorrow. Paul says, hi, Reed, Why does Australia, a country of 9 million fewer people than Canada, win far more medals each and every time? Is the difference in training, teaching, funding, discipline, individual determination? I even note less developed countries take home more gold and silver than us, like Italy, Hungary, Cuba, Iran, etc. That is a loaded question. I think with Australia, Paul, I'm going to generalize here, a lot of it. Uh, I, w- I would think some of it comes from the pool. They're usually a very good swimming nation, and there are a lot of events in swimming, right? So a lot of opportunities to win uh, a lot of medals. Now, I'm not downplaying the fact that they're good at it, and, and, and they've been very good at it, but look, Can- Canada has not put enough effort and money into the summer sports. Let's, we, I, I think that's my short answer to that. Maybe that'll change. And maybe if some of these teams win medals, that'll get some momentum for their games. This is J.C.
1: Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad.
0: Well, here's some breaking news. Canada has won another medal. It is a bronze medal for Ontario's Kylie Moss in the 100-meter backstroke. Quite a finish. Uh, It looked like a dead heat for third with another swimmer. I just turned the uh, volume up. Yes, uh, Kylie Moss and a swimmer from China both coming in at 58.76 seconds. Get this, and the the silver medalist was at 58.75 So three uh, swimmers within one one one-hundredth of a second. So Canada grabs its fourth medal. Uh, They have all been won by women, of course, so far at the Olympics. And I just turned up the volume on my TV here because a lot of times I'm seeing what's going on, but I'm not able to hear it. And uh, the swimming commentator on CBC saying Kylie Moss was ranked something like 200th in the world couple of years ago. She's from LaSalle, Ontario and now she is an Olympic bronze medalist. So Canada with two medals today. Of course Edmonton's Jen Kish leading the Rugby Sevens team to a bronze. They lost the semi to Australia, bounced back in a big way in the bronze medal match 33-10 over Great Britain. Reed Wilkins with you, Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Blue Jays and Rays still tied 4-4. That is in the uh, bottom of the 7th at Rogers Centre at the Edmonton Ballpark. No score between the Medicine Hat Mavericks and the Edmonton Prospects. Prospects must win to uh, force a Game 5. Uh, this texture says, Hey, Reed, how many Winter Olympic medals do the Aussies win? Look at a globe and tell me why Australia does well in summer sports. Well, fair point. Uh, Australia in the last Winter Olympics got three medals, uh, and they got three in 2010 as well. Uh, Kirk texting in he says we're closing in quick on a trillion dollars in debt you awesome smart people want to put more money in so we can maybe win more medals i know you smart people are smarter than that that is from kirk who was really angry last week about the amount of money spent on olympics and uh now he's uh, apparently angry about potentially spending more money on uh, athletics in general kirk i know you text the show all the time and i think sometimes you might call in but now it just seems like you don't like sports at all, which makes me question why you're listening to the show. Because sports shows are generally for fans of sports. Scott Edwards is the head coach of the U of A Pandas basketball team and generally a uh, fairly opinionated gentleman. Hey, Scott, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm good tonight, thanks. Uh, so you know stuff about this. Does, does all Does all the funding for athlete development come from taxpayers? That's not the case, is it?
3: No, it also comes from on the podium. That organization that funds uh, you know, our our youth, youth athletes.
0: Right. And, and do they do they fundraise and get private uh, money coming in?
3: I believe they do, and I think some of the funding comes from sponsorships as well in the different uh, NSOs, national sport organizations. So, you'll know, you'll see not at the Olympics you can't have those corporations on the jerseys at all, but you will see them like the. The Canadian women's senior women's basketball team is, you know, heavily funded by Bell, and um, you will see that on their jerseys. But not during the Olympics, you can't
0: do that. Well, right, because the Olympics has to be completely pure, and we know that it is. But anyway, that's a discussion <laughs> exactly. for another day. Uh, Scott, it's great to talk to you a- again, and uh, I-, I know your season's coming up here. You coach the U of A Pan. How many? What is this going to be your twelfth year with the pandas? Are we that far along already? Not quite. We're just heading to the 11th year. <laughs> okay. Well, I was only off by, by, by one. Uh, yeah. I, I know you're an interested observer here with what Canada's been able to do uh, in basketball. You know, they took it to China, and, and the teams are yeah. only separated by one in the rankings. And then today I turned this on, and I'm like, oh, great, here's the SAG game after yeah. the big win. What, what was going on, and what changed this afternoon?
3: That was an amazing game today. Um, a few things. I mean, Serbia... They came out of nowhere to win the, the European Championship last year. They weren't a heavy favourite or weren't a favourite at all. I mean, we don't have teams like Russia at the Olympics for the first time ever in women's basketball, so there's a bit of a change in regard happening around the world for a variety of reasons. Um, but, you know, like Canada's world ranking right now compared to how they're competing and playing is a bit skewed. I don't think we're their eighth-ranked team in the world. In fact, I would say we are a medal contender, if not a favorite, to medal at this, if, at this event. And so um, just exciting to watch and to, to play as badly as they did, frankly, for as long as they did in that game and then to still be close enough to give themselves a shot when they got got it going was just really fun to watch. And I'm sure, you know, in this city, I know because my phone was going crazy, but across the country, basketball fans going nuts watching that game and cheering them on loudly.
0: What, what has to happen for a team to recover from that deficit, because I mean, you and I both know basketball can be an interesting game when there can be long runs. Having said that, 18 points in the third quarter—that's that's a long—that's that, a long way to go. What what yeah. has to happen? What mentality does a team have to have to recover from that?
3: Well, one of the things that's happened for that specific team, the Canadian team, is you know the, that team's been together for two straight summers now. They've played a lot. They trained more than most if not every country in the world and so they have a lot of chemistry and what's been able to develop is more like a, a almost a collegiate or professional team in terms of chemistry so they're a very tough-minded group they trust each other they trust their coaching staff and they're just they're all on the same page and so regardless of how they played earlier they were able to continue to maintain a you know a kind of a, a, a calm and a focus on the bench and you know both the coaching staff which i think did a wonderful job and the athletes who just stayed focused on how they were going to get back in and made some really tactical um, subs that helped and and really got the ball rolling early in the fourth quarter. And couple that with a Serbian team that just sort of ran out of gas, frankly. They played yesterday in a really tough game against Spain and um, had to turn around less than 24 hours to play Canada, who had had a day off. So that was in our favor, too. We'll take any advantage we can get.
0: Scott, here's probably my obvious question, but I want to set it up to, for, to get some context from you. Is there Has there ever been a point in history when Canadian women's basketball has been this deep?
3: This deep? Yeah. Um, probably not. I mean, we have we have four women in the WNBA who aren't even on this team
0: right now. Jeez, okay. I didn't <laughs> so know the, that.
3: The depth of the Canadian pool at the senior level right now is, you know, 16 to 20 girls deep right and and -and up-and-coming players that you'll hear of for the next olympic cycle and the next one after that coupled with the youngsters that are already on that team uh, you know it's just a really exciting time as it is for on our men's side in a different way at the moment but just exciting around the game of basketball in our country and um, we're just producing better and better players all the time
0: Scott Edwards joining us head coach of the U of a pandas basketball team we're talking about women's basketball at the Olympics Canada two and O storming back to beat Serbia by four points uh, this afternoon next game against number 24 Senegal on Wednesday then they got the states on Friday. Uh, that's going to be fun. Tell us a little bit about Lisa Tominas. I mean, you guys uh, play each other <laughs> sometimes four, five, six times a season when Alberta yep. plays the U of S. She coaches the U of S. Um, I mean, you, you complimented her coaching job. Why is she the right coach for this team, and, and what strings was she able to pull today?
3: Well, back in, you know, around the last Olympics in London when, when Alison um, chose not to come back and be our senior coach any longer and they were going to look for a new coach at least had been on the staff already at that point for 10 years was having a tremendous success at the University of Saskatchewan and and frankly for any Canadian coaches she was by far the best um, homegrown talent for us and you know there's always a danger that you can go outside the country to find another coach and for for a, a country that you know is been pretty proud about their their role in the game of basketball i think it was exciting that we were able to have one here that we felt thought was worthy of the job and, and lisa is the right woman for that job she's just you know she's a very good technical coach i got to work with her in the fichu games team along with shawnee harley in 2011 she's a she's a very good tactical in-game coach she's a very good trainer she understands the game very well she played professionally overseas so she understands how to communicate and and talk with the professional players who've, who've um, you know, given up their, their chance to live at home, really. they got to go all over the world to play our Canadian kids because we don't have a homegrown league. And so she understands what they're going through in those off years. It's always fun to be, you know, to get up and get excited and ready for the Olympic year, but it's really the last three years where this team has produced the effort that it takes to get to where they're at now. And, and she was just the perfect person to help those women through that phase of it to get to this season.
0: Scott, tell me a little bit about the Plouffe sisters. So, I mean, hopefully people know yep. a lot about them, and I've had them on this show several times over the last couple of years. But uh, today, Catherine played just under 13 minutes, a couple of points, an assist and a rebound. I was a little surprised uh, Michelle uh, didn't play because they both mm-hmm. uh, got into action against... Uh, uh, against China on uh, over the weekend in, in the first game J- just tell the uh, Edmonton fans here watching for the Plouf sisters how we can expect them to be used in this tournament
3: well they're both really dynamic players incredibly smart uh, they're I mean they're 6'3 to 6'4 their their length and athleticism is unique in the world too and so it it always depends on you know this level it's almost like NBA professional level basketball for viewers watching this and some nights you know, we could we could you know play America and two two games from now, and Michelle might play twenty five minutes. We don't know. And tonight's just not her night because of matchups potentially, but um, you know that's just how the international game goes. But uh, they're both really multifaceted athletes. If we we're talking baseball, they'd be that five tool player, right? right? Who just um, they can they can score, they can pass the ball, they they handle the ball well, and most importantly, they're very smart. So. Um, you know, that coupled with just their tremendous athleticism, they're they're going to be um, force on that team for you know probably through the next Olympics or two.
0: All right, and one more for you, and I'm going to ask you the the difficult question. And sometimes, as a radio host, I I hate getting asked these types of questions, but I'm going to do it to you because I'm you know I'm a bit of a you know I'm a bit of a jerk in our interviews sometimes. Uh, by the way, for people who don't know, I did. Uh, Pandas and Golden Bears basketball play by play for uh six years and I always blame the Pandas coach whenever they lost. It was never it was never the players' fault. Especially when you know the coach, you could just heap it on him. Uh no, but seriously, uh Senegal is ranked twenty fourth and I know you said the rankings don't necessarily mean anything, but I'm I'm gonna assume yeah. if Canada asserts themselves on Wednesday, they'll get a positive result. The United States is the matchup on, on Friday. Yeah, I mean, can, is that can Canada win that? Is it is it in the cards they can pull that out? What's the gap like? Uh, I would tell you this.
3: I'm probably not giving too many secrets away. My guess would be, U.S. would probably win Friday if we had to beat them once in this tournament. It will not be that night. They would rather wait until they got a shot at them in a medal game. So, I could see. You know, it's a long tournament. You never know. Obviously, you want to take a shot at them. Every time I've played the United States in international games, our kids play their tails off every moment of that game. Canada, you know, and the U.S. won't take them lightly at all. Um, this this American team is, is a special, special group, and, and they seem to be a bit ahead of the rest of the world right now. Um, showed in their pre-Olympic tournament with Canada, France, and Australia, probably the four teams will be in the middle rounds, in my opinion. But... Um, you know, it's it's an interesting game, and we'll see what happens. But, I, I, you know, I
0: like our chances
3: against America. If I we got ahead of them once, though, I'd rather be in a gold medal game.
0: So it's kind of like the uh, Herb Brooks speech from uh, Miracle on Ice. 99 times out of 100, they beat us, but not today, right? That's what it has to come down to. Out
3: to. <laughs> yeah, probably it is. That's probably where they're at right now.
0: All right, Scott, I, I hope we can do this again as, as the tournament goes on because I love talking to you, and thanks for your perspective on what's going on there, Matt. We'll talk to you yeah, again absolutely. soon. Absolutely,
3: love to do it. Love right to on. do it. Thanks a lot for having me.
0: Scott Edwards checking in. He's the head coach of the uh, U of A Pandas. You has some good stuff on that tournament. told you how, a bit how that comeback uh, worked today, and certainly a Canadian team, as he said, that does seem very together. Everybody accepts their roles. Uh, I mean, again, in the Edmonton angle, I'm sure Michelle Plouf isn't thrilled that she didn't see the court today. But maybe she plays 20, 25 minutes next game because you got to go on the matchups and, and you got to go with the hot hand. Kia Nurse, 25 points today for Canada. 71-67 comeback win over Serbia. Rosie texting 630-630 Says, I think we need to support our athletes better. Maybe add $1 or $2 per taxpayer. It's nothing out of our pockets, not even a coffee. But add it all together is a substantial amount of funding for the athletes competing for our country. That is from Rosie. We're gonna bring Morley Scott in to talk a little Olympics preview of the Eskimo show as well. It's inside sports at 630 Ched. Hi this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. So Canada with two medals today. Tonight, Kylie Mass or Kylie Moss, sorry, uh, wins a bronze in the 100 meter backstroke. And this afternoon, the Canadian women's rugby team, the sevens, getting bronze, beating uh, Great Britain 33-10. Got a couple of texts here to 630-630. This is from uh, Allen. Just wanted to chime in on the Canada Women's Rugby Medal, Alan says. He goes on, I played rugby for 15 years, made it to Team Canada until a severe knee injury took me out. These women did our country proud. Regardless of your opinion on the Olympics, our Canadian athletes are making a huge sacrifice to represent our country and do us all proud i think the women's rugby team is a great example to all that we as a country should be supporting and financing more athletes in the summer olympic games being 25 i am part of the generation that does not see the importance of uh, uh, the olympic games i'm a proud canadian i think i might have there might be a typo there i misread something but he says i'm a proud canadian and i feel a great sense of pride when our athletes compete on the world stage and do well. Morley Scott's in studio. Hey, Morley. How are you, Reid? Yeah, I great. loved watching that rugby today. It was it's great. Fun. It's a lot of fun. It was. It was you lo- couldn't believe how quickly
2: it was over. I know. I wanted more. I wanted more. <laughs> I'm like, we're 10 minutes in. Halftime.
0: They're half done you already. You go, <laughs> That's right. I like you. You look, Are you serious? Go, yeah. I'm yeah, sure. that was a longer game than usual because they played 10-minute halves in the medal games and usually it's only seven. Really? Eh? Yeah. Wow man uh, Travis in Sylvan Lake says rad show as always read the text you get kill me you could make a few bucks if you could invent a radio breathalyzer ha ha <laughs> did he just say the show is rad rad Ooh, that's, that's, that's the kids, a good that's one that's what the kids are calling it's, you out it's there it's 1983 reads rad right, right in my wheelhouse <laughs> Travis I hope you're listening to pyromania before you go to bed tonight <laughs> uh, that's awesome Jerry says, uh, hey, Reed, I watched the 1978 Grey Cup last night, and it reminded me of the Eskimos' last game. Although the Eskimos won that game, it was eerily similar to the game in Ottawa. Hank the Shank had a bad day punting most of the game, but boomed a couple late. YouTube it one day when you have time to kill. It even includes the commercials. LOL, might watch the 1979 game tonight, remembering five in a row, go Canada. That is from Jerry. I was four in 1978. I do not remember that game. I was older than that. I don't remember it either. Well, you don't remember a lot, Morley. Let's be I honest. I don't remember what I had for supper. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. Uh, well, yeah, first of all, the uh, the rugby was great. The basketball was uh, incredible today. They looked out of it. We got a medal in the pool tonight. A Bit of a surprise so, uh, we'll see. I mean, the the women doing well. Certainly, you got the women's basketball team. you got the women's soccer team that's off to a, a good... I mean, they're, they're scoring. In the World Cup last year, where they played a couple of their games in yeah. Edmonton, they, they had trouble scoring, and that kind of did them in in the end. Couldn't I mean, find I, the onion bag. Yeah, I mean, I think they had... They won 1-0 here in Edmonton. Then I think they had a 0-0 draw and a 1-1 draw. So... So that that that's that that's positive, and uh, I mean and the, the the women's sports. I mean, look, let's face it, the the, the the there's not as much competition. There are a lot of countries, unfortunately, where women don't play sports, mm-hmm. or it's it's not part of their culture, and that's a whole whole other issue. Having said that, the fact that we've seen the Canadian teams climb up, become teams where you might say, well. They're they they're in the mix for a medal. Maybe they're not a favorite, but they're in the they're in the mix for a medal. They play well at the right time. You get a break. You get a good matchup. Yeah, you know things could go our way.
2: All you want to see is entertainment too, man. I mean, that's 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 the thing about the Olympics that I love best. Whether it's Canada or somebody else, the surprises, the the people. Wow, they they weren't supposed to get anything there, and now they're in, playing for a bronze medal or playing for a gold medal or whatever the case may be. It's been, it's been entertaining so far.
0: Well, and you and I are of the era of Morley where, uh, and, and, and look, I, I consider myself almost exactly middle-aged at the age of 42. Well, you think you're going to die at 84, do you? I've already picked it out. Oh. Jeez, that's morbid, because it's currently a morbid Morley. But uh, certainly I can remember the era, of 80s and 90s, and not that there weren't great Olympians then. But you got a lot of, well, we want to finish in the top 12. Or the teams wouldn't even be there. Or you'd play the United States in men's volleyball and you'd get, they would wipe the floor with you.
2: You don't remember 1976, right?
0: We didn't get a gold. All they got was a silver. Or didn't we get one gold?
2: No, silver from Greg Joy, right? On, was that the only jump.
0: medal? I think it I was. I thought they got an equestrian medal or something. No,
2: they once, there was, I know, something in the pool maybe. I know what, because I know it was, the joke was that it had to be wet because it was raining when Greg Joy won his oh, really? medal. <laughs> and maybe it was something else in the pool too.
0: But uh, that, I mean, that's that's way back. They when. got 11 medals. No, no gold. No, not 11. That's what it says. No. Five medals and six bronze. Greg Joy high jump, John Wood canoeing, Michael Vancourt equestrian, Cheryl Gibson swimming. Swimming uh, medley relay. Nancy Garapick got two swimming medals. Shannon Smith swimming. Becky Smith swimming. uh, Another swimming relay. And Hmm. then another swimming uh, medley relay. So there was a lot of swimming. I don't remember anything. I I remember Greg Joy. That's all I can remember. His must have been. Because that's the one everybody talks about. Was that the upset one? Maybe the swimmers were expected to do a little better. Must have been. Must have been. And it was late, too. I think it was like the last couple of days. That we actually got one in track (laughs) and field. Yeah. Where? Well,
2: and now uh,
0: Derek Drew. But, but Drewin, you Derek, think
2: like that's five, right, or whatever. Now we, we got f- we got three in two days, right? Yeah, whatever. four total. Four It so was 11 four, total then. F- yeah.
0: And Derek Drew ended in, in high jump, favored to get gold. Yep. Uh, Barber uh, in, I uh, forget his first name, Barber in pole vault. I feel uh, I feel bad for Graham DeLetto. A lot of pressure on him.
2: You think so? Oh, absolutely. Well, Canada's a defending gold medal country, right, in golf. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Last time, that's yeah, 112 years ago. 19 it's 112 whatever, yeah. years ago, but that's he's still true. the defending champion, right? So he's got to defend. Well, he's not the defending He's, he's got to defend Canada's honor.
0: He's Olympics. <laughs> On the golf course. All right, so the Eskimos lost. They're 2-4. Talked a lot about that in the first hour today. They've acquired national linebacker Alex Ugbangbe, Miga from Saskatchewan for Cold defensive enough. tackle Gregory Alexander. And two defensive backs coming in, Brandon Thompson and Demetrius White. Thompson with more... Uh, Two, uh, on his CFL two-year resume. starter with uh, with the Red. Are Blacks. they both going to joke? Okay, so Blues out, but he wasn't playing. He wasn't. So he are was the on team? the, the Angeles. So going to be here?
2: Yeah, I'm. I, I don't think either. I don't know if you can play a guy on Thursday night who just arrives in town for a practice on Tuesday. Uh, so I think they'll maybe if they're going to make any moves, they'll make them for the following game to see how they do it, see how they play this weekend or this week against uh, against Montreal. So I don't I don't I don't expect any of those guys to play this
0: week. All right. I've been wrong before though. The Blue Jays are up seven four after seven against Tampa Bay. Over at uh, Edmonton Ballpark, it is uh, the Edmonton prospects up six nothing on Medicine Hat in the Sweet. top of the fourth. So they're trying to force a fifth and deciding game tomorrow night back in the hat. Alright, looks like we're running out of time because Bernard's playing some popular music. Want to thank our guests this evening. You heard from Scott Edwards, Pandas head coach, Brock Daviduck, former member of the Canadian national volleyball team. Thanks to everybody who called in and texted about your Edmonton Eskimos. The next game is on Thursday against the Owls, 5:30 pregame show, 7 o'clock for the kickoff. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. The studio producer is Bernard Sewan and Morley has the Eskimo show. Up next, tomorrow, Jack Michaels is going to be in studio. More Olympic coverage as well. I'm Raid Wilkins. It is my joy to bring you this show. And I'm going to go home and work on my high jump. Take care. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reid Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.